You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening. Welcome to episode 115 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne joining you as always. We are back after the All-Star break in the NHL. Guys, how we doing? Pretty good, Harp. Coming off a fairly busy weekend. We uh, It was my birthday on Friday, so I took the day off and we got about five and a half hours of skiing in and then did some bowling that night, a hike on the weekend, a snowshoe on the weekend, and then some puck on Sunday outdoors. So pretty busy all weekend. So feeling pretty good. How about you, Chadwick? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in a good mood as well, mostly because I'm working for the weekend this week. I've got a pretty busy week, so that's not really what's got me in a good mood. What's got me in a good mood is looking forward to our ski trip coming up this week. It's going to be a nice uh, little break in the school year for me, and I'm just I I cannot wait to to see all the guys and hang out and hit some bunny hills with Harp. So. <laughs> Yes, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Definitely in need of a uh, change of scenery just for a weekend and just to kind of get away. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a few years since I've hit the slopes, boys. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. But no, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, again, just trying to get through the week to get to the weekend. So yeah, I'm definitely going to ditch you guys halfway through so I don't have to do any more green circles or. <laughs> polka dots or whatever they're called that's fine that's fine and harper and i will be the first guys in the hot tub cracking a beer at the end of the day so i cannot wait (laughs) oh absolutely all right well uh let's get into this episode boys and uh we're not going to do fantasy corner i should mention that right off the top because of uh the all-star break and all of that um the matchup from last week it just carries over into this week as well so we're not going to do fantasy corner because the matchups are the same uh so we've got cap or no cap and then some breakout candidates either players or teams for the second half of the nhl season so we'll get into that as well um chad quickly before we get into all that stuff you recently put out a let us explain episode on why nhl all-star weekend sucks so did you want to did you want to take a minute and uh and plug that in for a sec sure i actually totally forgot that i did that that was like an impulse thing over the weekend when i was supposed to be doing my work and that was a bit of procrastination on my part um originally and i said this in the episode like i proposed it to you guys and thought it would be a good idea for for this monday's episode but it just wasn't something that we thought we could get a full episode out of so like fair enough right um so i thought you know what the hell i'll do a lettuce explain and uh i i talked about how the all-star game sucks because obviously that was the topic of the weekend and everyone was talking about it and i had two main points on how to fix it so the first one was uh pick the best players at the all-star game none of this one one guy per team shit that that's stupid pick the best players to play in the game and my second point was pick the best players in the league uh for individual skills to participate 
in the skills competition. One example I brought up was Martin Furk. Uh, you know, a couple years ago in the AHL, he blasted a 109 mile an hour slap shot. If a guy like that plays a minimum num- number of games in the NHL, why shouldn't he be able to compete in the NHL's hardest shot? So those are my two main points. It all goes towards the idea of making the all-star game mean something because right now it means absolutely nothing. And that's an absolute problem for, for a lot of things in the NHL. When you asked us if we wanted to do that episode, like I would rather talk about paint drying than talk about that on an episode. So it was like, I, I guess right there, that's a problem in yeah. itself. But I like your idea of just having the, the most skilled guys in each of the skill categories. Kind of have it like a Eurovision, if you've ever uh, watched that. It's like every country does their own competition to get the best song. And then there's like preliminary steps to get to the end. And then all the best countries face off with their best song, like a Rick and Morty episode. And then and, uh, I think Italy won last year. And it's pretty interesting. And like some random countries like San Marino make it to the end. So you would get guys that you didn't really think of su- as a superstar, but boy, can he hit a target, you know? So yeah. I think that was interesting. Um, also too, like while we're talking about it, I got a text from, well, first of all, the reason I wanted to do that episode in the first place was because I didn't watch the all-star game or, or sorry, I didn't watch the all-star skills competition. I watched a bit of the games. The games are better because it's, it's a game. It's more entertaining. The skills is just kind of gimmicky and whatever, but I received multiple text messages saying that, you know, this is the worst <laughs> performance the NHL has put on because it's so gimmicky and whatever, and, and no one's watching it. Like, I, like none of us really tuned in. So that was the main reason I I wanted to make that episode to talk about how bad it was. But then I also got a text message uh, after I released the episode from uh, from a friend. Uh, He comments on all our stuff. You guys know him, Jay Aunt, my buddy Jay. And uh, Jay said, yeah, like totally agree. They should make it like the NBA where guys are literally butt hurt like they're upset they're frustrated if they don't make the all-star skills or or sorry the all-star game in general so you need to be picking the best players because if you're not what the hell are you doing and that was essentially my whole point you need to make it mean something because right now it sure as shit doesn't yeah yeah and uh just quickly before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode um i'm glad you brought up the nba because like it's it's so different compared to how the NHL players feel like the guys in the NBA really seem to care about the, uh, the dunking challenge and, and, uh, and all-star weekend in general, um, rather than representing their countries at the Olympics. And, uh, Elliot Friedman actually brought this up and where in the NHL, it's the exact opposite where, uh, guys don't really care about all-star weekend, but, uh, they would rather, you know, go to the Olympics, go to China right now and, and be there and representing their countries. So anyway, it, it's pretty interesting to see the difference between the two, uh, yeah. between the two leagues. Well, I, but I may be speaking out of turn here because I don't really care or watch, but <laughs> basketball Olympics, I mean like one team, right? Am I wrong? No, you're not. It's team so USA. Who, you're right. Who really cares? I'd rather watch the all-star game <laughs> if I were them too. Also baseball, like that's my way to fix it. Baseball, the all-star game matters. It means something. It predicts home field advantage. Yeah. Something like that. I don't, I don't know what it is in hockey. I'm not a, a you know, I'm not doing that right now, but yep. Well, and, and so I, I didn't mention this in the episode, but something I wanted to bring up as well 
and I we should move on because whatever. I did a whole episode talking about my take on this, <laughs> but um, what what I wanted to bring up was that like if if it's not going to mean anything, and if the NHL isn't going to like pick the best players and and make it mean something for the players themselves and for the fans, right? If if it's they're just going to continue on and and make it mean nothing, then just don't do it. Like name a, a list of guys to the team right to to the all-star team and then that's a prestigious thing in and of itself being named to that team and then either give the guys some time off to just relax in the middle of the season because lord knows they need it especially in these covid seasons where everything all the games just get pushed so close together um either do that or like casey said and i brought this up in the episode quickly as well do a world cup of hockey every year like or every other year like, every other year like yeah. that would be something cool too and it's just so there's a million ways to improve what is currently happening in the nhl for the all-star weekend and i touch on a bunch more of those points in the full episode so go check that out let us explain why the all-star weekend sucks i like that the nhl says oh we're gonna have a world cup of hockey before the 2026 olympics it's like oh thanks like yeah. I'm, i have a hard time thinking about thursday and you're talking about the 2026 olympics like way yeah. to narrow that one down for us ben <laughs> yeah oh yeah. also speaking of the olympics did you guys see the article in the toronto star a couple days ago it was written by a former uh, uh female professional hockey player i believe and the title of it, and this might have been the editor who picked this title, but the title of the article was Women's Hockey Does Not Belong in the Olympics. And that writer has been has received a ton of flack, but the, it's a bit of, of spin on that title, right? The rationale in the article goes on to say that it doesn't belong in the Olympics because there's only two teams that can play. Canada and the United States. The other teams get blown out every single time. And so I wanted to see if you guys heard about that because that's like I, been I in the news. No, I, I didn't did, hear yeah. about that. That's ridiculous. Absolutely stupid. Um, I think there's a lot of sports that would get tossed in the trash then if you're going to say yes. like only one or two teams win. Like uh, my favorite thing to point out, I don't remember the numbers, but the Netherlands has, let's say, 200 medals in the Winter Olympics. I think 195 of them are speed skating. So, like, what, are we going to take out speed skating? Yeah. No. Or are you going to take out the 100-meter sprint because Usain Bolt won for, like, six yeah. Olympics in a row, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, no. You, you could go on and on, and on <laughs> in the Olympics saying that because there is a lot of events that are dominated. I mean, look at total medal count. If that's the case, then half the sports are out because China and USA win everything. Uh, so. Mm. I think that's ridiculous. I've also had a lot of fun watching the women's hockey so far. Um, I know it's a little biased because I'm Canadian. I just watch them pump teams like 12-1 and 11-1, but uh, still fun to watch. Still good hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And and like just before we wrap up, like that China-Japan game, for example, the other night went to overtime. It was like 2-1, just a great finish. So, no, I I mean, you know. Don't uh, don't like that at all. And and uh, yeah, if that's the case, you'd have to take out uh, other sports as well. And, and you just can't do that. So, OK, guys, let's move along here. Let's get to cap or no cap. I've got three questions for you, gentlemen. You're now listening to cap or no cap right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. No cap. This shit busting. Uh, and the first one. Big topic right now, of course, uh, the future of the Arizona Coyotes, uh, where they're going to be playing uh, in the future and and all of that. So 
uh, ASU, Arizona State University, will end up working out as a temporary home for the Arizona Coyotes. Cap or no cap, Chad? No cap. It really seems like the NHL wants to go this route because they want to protect Arizona for the sole reason that it was Gary Bettman's like first prized expansion project that was all his and he's put so much time and effort into pumping up that that city not even that city because they've moved cities right like they've been in Glendale Phoenix and now they're just called Arizona right so it, it's Gary Bettman's baby they're gonna put as much time and effort into preserving that franchise uh as they can and so I think the next step for Arizona because they're not going to be playing in the arena where the Phoenix Suns play. I guess the next step that makes logical sense is to play in a 5,000 fan stadium at ASU. So I'll say no cap. I think that happens because the NHL is too committed at this point, even though it would make a million times more sense to just have an expansion team come in, pay the $750 million or whatever it is to get an expansion team, and move the team somewhere else to a different market like Kansas City, Quebec City, Hamilton, Houston, like there's a million other places. But but yeah, I'll say no cap. I think that's what happens. They play at ASU. Okay, I'm also going to say no cap because no one else wants them. So that right there is enough reason for them to be stuck there. And uh, like you said, they're they're committed. And also, they're not going to get 5,000 fans anyways. So like they, they could play in the Brockville Memorial Center and still not fill that place. It doesn't really matter where they play as long as they can point enough cameras at the ice that people can watch from home. Chad, I got to tell you, that instagram post <laughs> that you put up uh what last week i think it was yeah. um that was just genius I, I thought that was brilliant about how uh the brockville memorial center is going to be their next home I, I, uh, that was great i got actual messages from people saying <laughs> and i won't name names saying yeah is this true are they actually playing in Brockville? And I went, oh. no, God. So disclaimer <laughs> for everyone listening, they're not going to be playing in Brockville, just to be absolutely clear on that. Oh, God. And uh, guys, we, before we move on to the next question for cap or no cap, we should note as well that, um, you know, in, in order to make ASU work as a temporary home for the Coyotes. Uh, Alex uh, Morello and, and ownership would have to fork out, you know, uh, $20 million to, for, for the renovations, um, certain renovations to uh, that uh, that destination. So um, anyway, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a story that we will continue to watch. Uh, OK, number two for cap or no cap, Josh Hosang. Is going to play for Team Canada, uh, of course, uh, the men's hockey team at uh, the Olympics. Uh, he will earn himself an NHL contract post-Olympics. Cap or no cap? Casey? Uh, cap. I, I don't see it happening. This guy's a quadruple-A player that's kind of just been stuck in a rut for the you know X amount of years. And uh, he might have an NHL contract, a two-way contract where he's going to live in the AHL and and make a living there before he goes to Europe. I, I just don't see it happening. It, it hasn't worked out anywhere he's been so far, anytime, any chances he's gotten. And it's like, I've, it's the same old song and dance that I've seen over and over again with these quadruple A players that it's like, I've kind of given up on because I've seen enough of them in New Jersey and that's a bad team. So cap. 
I'm going to say no cap for this one. He does get an NHL contract after the Olympics because I think, first of all, if you look at this team, he's probably the most skilled or talented player on the roster. He might not be the best, and that's an important distinction to make, but he might be the most skilled. Um, and he's going to have a lot of eyeballs on him because there aren't many you know, big names on this team, and, and so he's going to have people watching him play in the Olympics. So there's that. But Go on. But if that's the case, then Corey Conacher would have had an NHL contract years ago because he was lighting up in the Spangler Cup every single year. It's like... Right. And listen, fair enough. Like maybe that's the case, but I think Josh Hosang still has a shot because he's taken the time in Toronto. He's clearly changed his attitude around, you know, because that was his big problem, right? He didn't want to play in the American League. He didn't report to, I believe it was the Bridgeport Sound Tigers the first time he got sent down. He's had a million uh, issues with his attitude. And now, like, you watch him in a press conference, and he's been on the record saying, you know, like, I don't care if I play in the ECHL. I just want to play hockey and focus on getting to the next level and win with my teammates, et cetera, et cetera. Seems like he's really turned a page. And even though I'm saying... uh no cap to this question that I think he does get a contract. I don't know if it'll be with the Maple Leafs because I don't see where he slots into the lineup. Like, is he going to take out Pierre Engvall out of the lineup and play on the fourth line? Probably not, right? And then even so, like Nick Robertson is probably a better option if you want a, a skilled forward to, to play in your lineup. So I don't think he, he makes it with the Leafs, but he has come out and, say, and said that He's open to receiving offers from other teams. And if that's the case and he gets an offer and he signs a contract, like say with a team like Arizona, that's fantastic for him because I think, you know, he's worked his bag off this year and and he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, well, in Toronto, first of all, like there's just way too long of a list ahead of him. Like even Denny Malgan that we've talked about enough off the record is ahead of him when it comes to skilled players and that's the problem is if he's gonna get a spot in the nhl he's got to figure out a a jimmy vc type scenario where he comes in and plays in in a bottom six role and figures out a different way to play the game because he's not fitting into a top six anywhere and he's he's not a bottom six player so he's got to figure out how to play bottom six minutes if he's gonna make it yeah yeah and, you know, with, with the Maple Leafs, too, quickly, like you've got uh, Nick Ritchie and and Kyle Clifford now in the American Hockey League. So a couple more guys who, you know, really are bottom six regulars in the NHL. Um, but, you know, just with with the number of bodies that the Leafs have uh, in that forward group and, you know, part of it being that Richie hasn't really worked out. Those guys get pushed down to the American Hockey League. So I just I, I thought this was an interesting question to ask because um, I listened to an interview that Shane Doan did uh, recently with The Athletic. He, of course, is taking over as the general manager for uh, Team Canada at the Olympics. And so, you know, he was rattling off names and, and being asked about like the usuals, right? Owen Power, Devin Levi, Eric Stahl, like really those three in particular. And so, but then he was asked, you know, who's kind of an under the radar guy to watch for. And he did mention Josh Hosang. And so Doan, of course, is with the Coyotes. They're a rebuilding team. They're giving uh, different guys opportunities that they would not have anywhere else, like a Travis Boyd, for example. I don't know. I could see Hosang going in, having a really good tournament, Shane Doan being there, working with the Coyotes. Uh, I could see a possible fit. So I just thought it was a good question to ask. I don't know. 
he's good. The, the reason why he's a player to watch in Canada is because he's going to play top six minutes on that team Canada. So it's like we're just I think we're a broken record here in saying that he can't play like top six in the NHL. Even Arizona has a better top six than Josh Osang. Like one of them was just an all star. So um, I don't know. They they got to tr- trade the whole team before he makes the top six, I think. So uh, I see. I just see a lot of problems there. And I do want to poke a little thing in there. A player to watch is Mason McTavish. Put a future yeah. bet on him. One dollar returns 50 po- or $50 if he leads the team in points. Oh, Why not? nice. Yeah, yes, really. and and that was that was a name that I did not mention, but absolutely a, a player to watch. I mean, there's no question about it for sure. While we're talking about like quadruple A players, Josh Hosang, the Marlies came up a couple times. I just wanted to get something in quick. Is that and I know you guys are rolling your eyes already, but the KHL announced yesterday or maybe two days ago now that they've canceled the rest of their season because of the Olympics. So many players are going to the Olympics to compete for for various teams, not just Russia. So they canceled their their season. Standings are based on points percentage. And then when they come back after the Olympic break, they're going straight into playoffs. Russia, what a chaotic, weird league, but that's what they're doing. So one thing that that means is that some prospects who might not be in the starting lineups for uh, their KHL teams come playoff time might make the decision to come back to North America and play for their American League affiliates. One guy that I've heard this rumored about is Rodion Amirov. And case I'm thinking about you, maybe a guy like Muka Madulin comes back and plays in the AHL. So that's something to keep an eye on. I'm not saying that any of those guys actually will. I'm just saying that there are rumors out there that we might see a guy like Rodion Amirov playing in the AHL as soon as this season, which would be incredible because he's playing like four minutes a night right now in, in the KHL, which is stupid. Like, why you, bother? Yeah. Okay. If you're playing four minutes a night in the KHL, like just go play in the MHL and, and, really light up for the rest of the year and then play the AHL next year. That's yeah. my, that would be my route. But yeah, um, yeah, no, that's definitely an opportunity for like Shakir to come over and guys like that. But uh, I know Shakir and Arseny Gritsyuk were both invited to uh, the Russian Olympic committee's team. So I don't, I know Gritsyuk's on there. I don't know if Mukhamadoulin made it. Yeah. Anyway, just something I thought I'd throw out. I heard that. I read an article yeah. about it yesterday. So there you go. No, for sure. That's great. Okay, last one for cap or no cap, guys, uh, before we move on. Chris Kreider having an unbelievable year with the New York Rangers. Good team, by the way. They're looking like a contender right now. Uh, he will score 50 goals this season. Cap or no cap, Chad. Cap, 100% cap. This episode that we're doing, uh, you know, obviously we've done cap or no cap, and we're going to get into the bulk of it. We're talking about breakout candidates. Well, maybe next week we should do an episode talking about regression candidates, and number one would be Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider has 50% of his goals, roughly, on the power play, and they all come from just banging in loose pucks, as you do on the power play. Chris Kreider has never had a season like this. I would be interested to see what his advanced stats look like, you know, in terms of his expected goals for. I'm sure he's scoring way above his his expected goals. And so 
if that's the case, that's not a good thing. There's zero chance he hits 50 goals. And, like, play this when he does. Because now that I've said it, he probably will. But this is Chris Kreider we're talking about, guys. There are only a handful of players right now in the NHL on pace to score over 50 goals. He's one of them. I think he's on pace to score, like, uh, 58 or something last time I looked. So... If it happens, I will be absolutely shocked. But if we're talking about regression candidate candidates, Chris Kreider is number one. And the Rangers in general, I think, are, are right up there as well. So I don't think he hits 50 goals, so I'll say cap. I don't know. Uh, for the sake of an arg- argument, I'll say no cap. I hate this man. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't hate him. That's mean. But I, I hope he doesn't hit 50. That's for sure. But I mean, he has to score like half the goals he scored in the first half of the year and the second half of the year to hit 50. So it's like mathematically playing on that team on that line. Like I, I can see him hitting 50. No problem. He needs 17 goals for the rest of the year. Man. Um, yeah. I think that's possible, especially if they keep playing on the power play and keep playing New Jersey, then they'll be fine. They'll put like 600 goals. Regardless, though, like it's just he he's a power forward. Like he is that typical power forward. And it's just great to see that kind of player having the amount of success that he is. If he if Jack Hughes didn't play on his line in the All-Star game, uh, I think Jack would have a new car right now because he <laughs> sent him on like three breakaways and old stand he can't run into the goalie to score in the All-Star game. So <laughs> he he missed all three of those opportunities. I was like, god, can we get someone who can finish on Jack's line so that he can get a couple more apples and a free car? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. That's that's great. Um, Okay, guys. Good stuff. Uh, Cap or no cap for episode 115. And now let's get into breakout candidates uh, for the second half of the NHL season. So, again, like we said off the top, it can be a player or a team. uh, Just uh, whoever you think is going to break out in the second half of this season. So, uh, Casey, let's go to you first with your breakout candidate for the second half half yeah it's only natural that we come into these only supposed to have one player but i'm gonna have two because you know i do it every single time um i've got two that i'm gonna bang off pretty quick here i don't have a lot to talk about these guys but it's mostly due to scenario and like uh mojo i guess you'd say uh my first one's jordan Cairo. i think this guy is gonna have a he like it's hard to say a breakout when he's already having a career year in the first half but this guy's gonna have a bang in second half like he's got so moment so much momentum going right now he's been an all-star he was the fastest skater he played really well in the all-star game he had four points uh looked good out there like a, a lot of good opportunities he is doing it on all the big stages four apples or four points whatever it was in the uh winter classic game like the most ever so this team is on a roll right now that line he's playing on is hot with robert thomas and uh uh tarasenko that's playing really well so this team's in a playoff spot right now they're the fourth place team so they they've got to push hard and i think the end of the season is going to be thought of as a big stage and that's when jordan Cairo is going to um continue to shine he played really well last year um he's getting better and better he's coming into his prime he's only 23 years old he's got one more year after this so he's got to be pumping up those numbers to get some sweet money uh i'm thinking jordan Cairo is going to uh going to blow up here in the second half i like that one i would add as well if we're talking about uh the blues i would add another guy david perron who has had a 
couple slow weeks over the last few weeks, and uh, he's bound to bounce back as well. I actually dropped him in in fantasy, my other fantasy league, and like I'm kind of hoping nobody notices him there, just kind of chilling in the free agents because as soon as he gets hot again, I'm picking him up because he's a fantastic fantasy player. He just hasn't been able to to score as much this season as we're kind of used to. Like you know, last year I believe he was about a point per game, but I guess because Tarasenko and and Kairou and all those guys playing so well, maybe the points are spread out more. But anyways, that's another guy case. But Kairou's a good one. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, really good one. And if I could just jump in here quick, like I think really just has been so important to the Blues this season. I think the Blues, they they needed a boost from somewhere and they're getting it from their youth. And Kyra's a big part of their future. Robert Thomas, as you mentioned, Case, Jake Neighbors, who started off the year with them and, uh, before uh, before getting sent down. He looked good early on as well. But yeah, Kyra just seems to be able to, to do everything and he can absolutely fly out there as we saw uh over the all-star weekend so no that's a good pick i like it all right now to smash through my second one i don't have a lot to say about him once again but i'm going to talk about anton lundell we've talked about him briefly in our calder watch episode at the beginning of the year we kind of knew that he was going to have a good season we didn't think it was going to be this good he has 32 points already but uh the reason why i think that he's going to have a, a great second half is momentum first of all he's coming into the all-star break with a lot of momentum especially with that five point night and then another guy who's playing on a, a very hot line in uh uh what's his name i toronto maple leaves uh terrible trade what is it sorry um marshamont um <laughs> And Sam Reinhardt, like that line is really clicking. And the nice part about it is they're starting to see some favorable matchups because the other team's best lines are having to play against, you know, the best line in hockey right now in Uberto, Barkov and Duclair. Like that's that's a given. They're they're got to play against the shutdown line. And then even Verhage, Bennett and Tippett is playing against, you know, the the stars of the other team. So it's a really favorable matchup right now. Lindell's getting, you know, he's got the air under his wings right now. I think he's going to have a great second half of the season, especially if they start starting him in the offensive zone. That'd be amazing. He's He starts, uh, I have the number here, 8.7% in the offensive zone. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like wow. 8.7 offense, 11.8 neutral, 20.3 defensive, and 59.3 on the fly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's it's a little jaded. It's not like hockey reference yeah, where yeah, it yeah. just it's just the two, but um looking at money puck, 8.7%. It's like let's get this guy starting in the offensive zone on the power play. Yeah. Lots of points. Could could yeah. still win the Calder, like come out of nowhere and take it. Yep. He could. Uh, that's a good one, Case. I like that line. Uh, don't agree that the Marchment trade was a terrible trade, <laughs> and I'll die on the, on that one uh, on that hill. But uh, you know, I, I think it's a good one. Lundell's a good player, man. We knew coming into this season, like you said, that he was going to be a good player, but he has sort of uh, exceeded expectations in a way, but also underperformed in a way. Like, imagine if he's up playing top six minutes, you know, which might happen down the stretch. You know, if he's able to play on the top line with Huberto and Barkov, what happens then? What does his, you know, point total look like after that? So that's a good one for uh, another breakout candidate. Yeah, for sure. I like it. Um, big body out there. And, uh, you know, for how deep that forward group is, 
uh, they really the Panthers haven't sheltered him, and and you got to give a lot of credit to Andrew Burnett, their their head coach, and you know Bill Zito, like just everyone there, putting him in positions to learn and grow and and even have success, and um, but also where in positions where he's going to make mistakes, like defensive zone faceoffs and and things like that. Just as an example, he's getting the opportunities and a lot more than I thought he would get in his rookie season being on such a deep team particularly that forward group so um and and look like i think florida will take a big swing at the trade deadline i think it'll be a defenseman whether it's a charot or a chikrin or whoever but chikrin specifically i don't think we're going to see lundell's name out there in a package for for a guy like chikrin or, or whoever he's he's certainly there to stay he's going to learn and grow and uh he's got a fellow countryman and alex barkoff that he gets to learn from like it's just it's the perfect scenario for him um but uh we'll wait and see maybe there are some injuries down the middle for the uh for the panthers that he needs to slide up the lineup uh so we'll wait and see but no that's a good pick as well and uh, a dark horse pick for the call uh chad let's get your breakout candidate now player or team what did you go with i also went with a player and uh i went with this guy because of the team that he plays for so it's a bit of both i would say um and he plays for the ottawa senators it's it's jimmy stew it's timmy stutzla that's who i picked as a breakout candidate for the second half of this season uh first of all because the Sens need something. They, you know, they need some sort of hope. They haven't had a great season. They've been far worse than than they expected to be, and I think it's because of uh, you know a fair amount of players who just aren't finishing. You know, Brady Kachuk. That's the one guy who you think of who you know puts a ton of shots on net, but doesn't necessarily finish as much as you'd like him to. You know, at least when you consider what his expected goals are compared to his actual goals. So another guy that this season so far who's fitting into that category is Tim Stutzla. Um, you know, he has eight goals, thirteen assists, uh, twenty-one points in thirty-nine games played this season. It's not terrible. He's about you know just over half a point per game, but if I look back to when I did the uh, when when I was drafting for fantasy, I used Dom Lecision's fantasy projection model, and Dom actually had Timmy Stutzla projected to score roughly sixty points, about sixty-two points he had him, uh, you know, calculated for based on his model. So that's something to think about. You know, it, players underperform and overperform all the time, but that was sort of the base and what we were expecting about you know twenty-five goals or maybe thirty goals and in and around there. That's kind of what we were expecting this year. But he's scoring at pretty much the exact same pace as he was last season and hasn't really taken a step that we thought he would. So I think Tim is going to be a guy who breaks out in the second half because all the numbers are pointing towards that. And let me tell you some of the numbers first, and then we can kind of chat about him in the send. So I told you his points and his goals and assists and his points. Um, but the main one that I'm looking at right now is that he's first in core C4 percentage on the Sens, and he's first in on-ice expected goals percentage for the Sens as well. He's fourth in total expected goals for, but he's sixth in actual goals. He should have roughly two or three more goals than he does this season, so that's not massive, but we, he's getting the chances and just not finishing as much as, as you would expect him to. 
Um, his shooting percentage is at an all-time low, and it's funny to say all-time low because he only played last season, but he's shooting at 8.8%. Uh, last season, he was shooting at about 11, I believe, something like that. Um, and again, like I said, he's averaging just uh, 0.54 points per game. Last season, he averaged 0.55. So he's like he hasn't taken a step. You can't say that's a regression because it's negligible. They're basically the same number, but... He's playing more minutes this season as well. And so with all of that combined, I just look at it and I say, you know, this is a guy who is playing power play time. He's playing top six minutes. You know, he's he's getting the opportunities. He's just not burying. So I think Tim Stutzla and the Senators in general are uh, candidates for for a breakout in the second half or at least better than what they were in the first half, because, my God, they were abysmal in the first half. Yeah, when you're thinking about an episode like this and you think about breakout candidates, it's easier to work backwards and think about guys who are having disappointing starts to the season. And I, I think there's an argument to be made that this is a disappointing start, regardless of, you know, 20 points in, in 39 games is nothing for a, a sophomore slump. But um, yeah, it's definitely not really what what we expected from Stutzla. We kind of wanted him to take a big step for this team and try to turn them in the right direction. They definitely have guys that are doing that. Batherson, Norris, um, you know, Formanton. Formanton, <laughs> yeah. Formanton's having a good year. Yeah, I was kind of stumping there. But yeah, it, it was definitely uh, Jimmy that we wanted to be doing that. And it hasn't quite happened yet, but not for a lack of trying. Yeah, exactly. And like you watch a Senators game and Casey, you know, your, your family, everyone's a, a Senators fan. And so you certainly watch them enough, I would think. And and like you, you watch a Sens game and Stutzla is all over the ice. Like he is just he's getting so many chances. He actually has a, a pretty good physical presence to him as well. He will uh, be out there throwing body checks. And actually, the last Sens game I went to against the Islanders, he did get into a fight with somebody uh just as a, a fun little note as well. But yeah, uh, you know what? Young player, I think he's going to be a star in this league. And DJ Smith has said before that he's just going to continue to ride him and give him all the opportunities in the world to try and succeed, to try and put the puck in the back of the net. And we've seen this story before with the Senators as a team, right? Last season, they got off to just a terrible start. And this season, that's happened once again. And it just goes to show how a really rough start to the season can kind of kill a team for the rest of the year. And, you know, there have been other factors as well. Injuries like Connor Brown's been out for a while. They're just getting him back into the lineup. That'll be huge. Batherson is out, which sucks. He's had a career year uh, for the Senators. They've had poor goaltending that has just gotten better. Matt Murray in particular, of course, and uh, COVID. Uh, you know, they had a terrible COVID outbreak not too long ago as well. And, and uh, yeah, so a lot of factors, I think, with this team. But uh, I, I think it's a great pick. I think much like last season, the second half will be better for the Senators. And a big part of that will be because of Tim Stutzla. Well, Harp, I'll be watching them in 27 minutes. So they're playing Perfect. the Devils tonight. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Uh, well, fellas, I'll move on to my breakout candidate now. And uh, I've, I've got a team that I went with. And then I, I do want to mention, a, 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 I do have an honorable mention that is a player that I don't think you guys will expect. So I, I'll, I'll bring that up as well. Um, and the team that I'm going with as a breakout candidate uh, are the Winnipeg Jets. I just think that 
they are way better than their record indicates. They're 18, uh, 17, and 7 on the season, 43 points in 42 games, 6th place in the Central Division. Um, you know, again, I, I just I don't think they're going to be able to make the playoffs at this point, but who knows? I mean, there are still a, a lot of games left, but I mean, it just gets tough when uh, those top four um, continue to rack up points. Colorado, Nashville, St. Louis, and um, oh, who's the other team I'm missing here, guys? Help me out for a second. Minnesota. Dallas, is it? Minnesota. Oh my yeah. God, Minnesota. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, it it gets tough when those top four are are racking up points like crazy. But I will say, you've got the Dallas Stars ahead of the Winnipeg Jets, not by much. And I just I I don't have a good feeling about the Stars right now. It's been such an up and down year for them. So Winnipeg could certainly catch them, I think, and just. Maybe if they can go on a big run and and grab a wild card spot, I certainly could see it happen. Again, you know they've they had a coaching change. Dave Lowry comes in after Paul Maurice resigns. It hasn't worked out so far, but I, I do I do think that they're that they're in a, a good direction here, and they are going to get the get things together in the second half. Get some guys healthy like a Logan Stanley, like a Nikolai Ehlers. But even with a few guys out, like this is still a really deep team. And Connor Hellebuck is a really good goalie. Cole Perfetti has stepped in as a young player. He has not looked out of place. And uh, guys that are kind of having uh, years that they, they don't want to have right now, like Mark Shifley in particular, uh, I just think this team is is too good uh, and, and is better than their record indicates and I think are, are poised to have a better second half of the season and maybe go on a, on, on a nice little run here. What do you guys think? Yeah. Okay. A couple things here. First of all, you just mentioned a couple guys having off seasons. Well, I think you hope to have more than two goals from your captain, especially when he's kind of known as a goal scorer. Um, So that's definitely a first one. The other thing is uh, you're just like perfectly tying in what I said before about looking at teams that are having a or players that are having a disappointing start to find a team that could have a breakout second half because we all had these guys way higher in the standings at the beginning of the year and we love their forward depth and uh we thought they kind of fixed the defensive end of things well it just hasn't quite worked out and i don't know if maybe it's because it was just my birthday and you guys are trying to pump me up or something but you're really getting me excited about fantasy because i just picked (laughs) up jimmy today in fantasy to play against the devils tonight and i have dubois and kyle connor on my team so i'm like i hope we're right about everything so far because it's gonna be beneficial to me but yeah winnipeg's definitely a team that i want to see turn around and you know they they had the coaching change and everything i think uh there's a lot pointing towards a better second half of the season and it'd be amazing if they could pull out a wild card and honestly the west is such a wild card that it could happen Case, if you're if you're pumped for fantasy, I would advise not looking at our projections. Dude, second highest projections in the entire league projected to lose, but not but not even lose. Case projected and okay, this is I'm pumping my own tires right now because we're projected to tie at the start or roughly tie. But right now it says I'm gonna beat you by. I'm going to beat you by 60 points and you're the second most <laughs> total points in the league right now. 
But yeah, anyways, so just a little jab there. We didn't have a fantasy corner, so I wasn't able to pump my own tires. But I'm not worried about it. I got I still got 39 games left here, so well, I'll figure it out maybe. But dude, <laughs> freaking Mitch Marner against the Devils yeah. killed me. Double killed me. Like, yeah, Marner had like 24 points in two games or something in fantasy. Yeah. So all against was, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. I watched. So. Yeah, I lost my love of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So last week, Casey said he's not watching hockey anymore. He's quitting the podcast. He's dropping out of fantasy because he doesn't love hockey anymore because the devils suck. Isn't that right, Case? Well, that's not quite what I said. I, I basically said I'm going to be useless on the podcast because I'm not watching hockey for a little while. <laughs> Been there, though, at, like watching the Carlisle Leafs, you know, and whatever. And then. Chad had the nerve to say to me, it's one game. It's one game. What are you talking about? Well, How about that was 10 years, Chad. <laughs> How about 10 years, one game? How about uh, six and 32 in their last 38 games? How about that? Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't feel sympathy and Harper shouldn't either because our two fan bases have probably gone through the most pain in NHL history, the Leafs and the Sabres, but the Devils, you know, yep. of late are pretty close. But there's a lot of good things to look forward to there. Those games against Toronto were hilarious, man. Like, th- those were so silly. Like, that's the only word I can think to explain them. So silly. But, Chad, did did, did you want to yes. touch on the Jets even yeah. for, for a second? Or? Yes, I did. <laughs> Guys, um, I, I love the fantasy talk, but I just, you know, we're, yeah. we're talking about the Jets here. Yes, my, we are. My pick. But Chad just kept going. Thank, thank you for reeling us back in. I'm <laughs> expected to wallop Casey this week by 60 points. We'll see what happens in fantasy. But the Jets, um, their top six is overrated. I think it has been for a long time. But that's not even the problem. It's still a good team, extremely deep. Their third line is ridiculous. Like, they have some of the best... They have one of the best forward groups collectively, their top 12, in hockey. So, yes, it should be doing better, but I can say that while also holding the opinion that their top six is overrated, and I do. But having said both of those things, they're missing Nick Ehlers right now. Nick Ehlers has been hurt. Uh, uh, Blake Wheeler was hurt before. You mentioned Stanley's been out. Ehlers is having a bit of a down year. So that's a guy to look for maybe to break out when he does come back for injury. But it's not Connor Hellebuck. He's having another fantastic season. I posted about that on on, uh, our Instagram about a week ago. He's one of the leaders in in goals saved above expected again, which is just to be expected now from that guy. So they shored up their defense. You know, we talked about coming into this year what was the main thing that was bad for the Jets last season well it was their defense and then you know they they went out and and they did something about it and then the whole Dubois trade like he didn't come off a great season because of you know being traded in the middle of the year whatever and he's having a full year with the team so everything pointed towards the Jets being better this year but they just haven't they haven't had cohesiveness of all of their guys working well together at the same time so I think Definitely. The Jets are our uh, breakout candidate for the second half. But playoffs, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but I really think that Connor Hellebuck and John Gibson need to hit up Officer Bob and get his agent and so yes. that they can move teams, get a sick contract, and then get good again. Um, Hellebuck and Gibson have just been in hell the last oh. couple of years, or last 
handful of years. Gibson less so this year, but man, it's got to feel bad to be Hellebuck, just constantly one of the best goalies in the league and just not getting anywhere with it. It's not yeah. even close either. Like it, it's not even like if you played like who is who is their bat? It's not even Brassois anymore, is it? It's Eric Comrie. Eric Comrie. Like what if you played Comrie eighty two games, you'd get killed. Like it wouldn't even be close. Like Hellebuck is so 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 good. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sucks well, and him. and you know, and and Hellebuck said before the start of the season, right? Like we only we only have so much time left. Like we're we're kind of running out of time here. And 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 that is very true. It, it's very much a veteran group. And I don't know. I just think maybe they've gone a little bit stale. But uh, I do look at this team on paper, and even with some of the key guys out of the lineup, like they're still so deep. They've got to be better. And I think they will in the second half. I'll say this while we wrap up on the Jets and this episode in general. I really liked and respected Paul Maurice stepping down from the head coaching position and saying, and saying, listen, I've taken this team as far as I think I can. It's not that I was a bad coach or the team isn't performing, et, et cetera, et cetera. It was just he recognized that he took the team as far as he could and that someone else, a new motivator, needed to come in to get the to get them going. So I really respected that. I wanted to say that about Maurice. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And you know what? Like maybe it's not Dave Lowry who has been there, right? Maybe it needs to be someone completely new that they bring in. But I, I think you know that's something for more of the off season. So anyway, we'll wait and see. I, I I do think this team is good, and they will be a lot better in the second half. Okay, my honorable mention before we wrap up: it's a player, Jonas Donskoy, was looked at as being, um, you know, like. Good opportunity for him in in Seattle to play top six minutes. I thought for sure he was going to be able to, um, you know, score a bunch of goals and and, and really help out this team. But Seattle's been awful this season uh, in in their inaugural season in the NHL, of course. Um, They made some moves that we thought they'd be a little bit better. It just hasn't worked out. Anyway, Donskoy has one goal this season, guys. He had 17 last year with the Colorado Avalanche, a team that he fit in really well with and i just think that if don scoy were to move to another team like a colorado even like a san jose where he was before as well um a team that's fighting for a playoff spot like at least in the hunt in that pacific division uh i just think don scoy would be able to uh you know put the puck in in the back of the net playing with some better players i mean he's had all kinds of chances this year with seattle just hasn't been able to uh to finish i think a change of scenery for him would really benefit the guy because he's a good player yeah i I have a hard time here. Uh, first of all, I, w- I have to make my shot that I make every time. Like, who would have projected Seattle to be bad? Oh, <laughs> me. <laughs> Team that on paper is garbage. Anyways, uh, I just have a feeling that, like, you know, Donskoy had the seasons he's had in the past because of very favorable circumstances. Like, playing on Colorado last year, he was getting a real uh, Anton Lundell treatment where he was playing against a lot of favorable matchups on a very good Colorado team and then even the years before that he's playing on San Jose when they're they're really good and making playoff pushes so um 
you know, there's two arguments to be had there. Like maybe those teams are so good because of guys like Don Scoy pushing that depth, but it could also be made the other way that Don Scoy is putting up the numbers he has in the past because he's playing on good teams. And I, I really don't know where I settle on it with him. So maybe it would be interesting to see him get pushed to a uh, playoff contender before the deadline, just to see uh, what kind of guy he is. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, we'll yeah. take him in Toronto. That'd be great. Like, why not? He's a player available. Link him to Toronto. I think he makes more than $12 a year, so I don't think he can go to Toronto. <laughs> they can take Nick Ritchie and 10 first round picks in return. I don't care. Just get Ritchie off the books. Thick Rich. Um, yeah. What uh, I'll say Don about. Scoy. Sorry, Harp. What I'll say about Don Scoy is yep. that. I think um, he's in a position where he's being expected to kind of drive a line rather than than riding shotgun. And we've seen a million players who've come into the league who can put up really great numbers in terms of have goals, assist points, but aren't able to actually drive a line themselves. It's because they know where to be and know how to get to the areas where good players can find them, right? We've seen a million shotgun players. One in particular that I think we've seen now, and and it might be you know, a a bit of a shot to say this, but I think Taylor Hall is very much that kind of player. Like he had that one incredible season in Jersey where he drove not only his line, but the entire team. But I think he's a shotgun player. Like there are other guys too, who you can think of obviously. Um, but I think Don Scoy might be that guy as opposed to another Seattle player, like a Jared McCann, who's having a fantastic year. He's like the heartbeat of that team. And and so they're just different players. And maybe he works if he goes to a contender, Don Scoy, that is, and fits in in a similar position like he was in Colorado, like he was in San Jose. But yeah, it's tough, man. Like you would expect he's going to start scoring because he's done it before. But then again, if he doesn't have anyone to drive a line for him, then then who knows? Maybe it won't come. Yeah. Jared McCann is the Tyler Ennis of Chad Melbourne, first of all. <laughs> God, you love that guy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Secondly, Leaf, you missed the, the biggest shotgun player of all time, and that's Chris Kunitz. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> oh, obviously. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's the one. That's like, yeah, he made the Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) Playing alongside Crosby and just, and winning Stanley Cups and getting nice passes, scoring goals. My goodness, what a career for that guy. That's, that's a really good one. I did not think of that. Anyway, I just, I I wanted to bring Don Scoy up. I just can't believe he has one goal in the season. And, and that's that's really, yeah, like that's really, um, what it comes down to for me and Seattle has just been terrible. And I think a a new setting for him would be good because he's proved before that he can chip in offensively and give you some good depth. And he's got some term at a reasonable cap hit. I think if he was in a good situation, he makes 3.9 million this season and next season. So who knows? Maybe there's a team looking to make a push uh, that takes a flyer on him. Yeah, that's great. If he's making, if he's scoring seventeen goals, I'll pay him three point nine billion all day. So, <laughs> with a B, a billion. <laughs> Did I say billion? No, I I thought I heard Case say billion. It could just be no. I it just came out weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. What I will say about Seattle, I know we're going long. We should end this up here. What I will say about Seattle is, if they got goaltending, they wouldn't be in the dumpster of the league. If they it's ju- true. If they just got some goaltending. They have two guys yeah. who have played well below what their 
they were expected to. And and you can prove that in the stats looking at goals saved above expected. Well, it's not goals saved above expected. It's goals saved well below expected because they're not saving a beach ball this year. So I will say that. No. I know Seattle's bad. In case I know you're going to get on me when we have our episode <laughs> talking about our predictions. But I think they're a bubble playoff team if they get league average goaltending. And I will die on that hill. Chad, if my uncle had wheels for legs, he'd be a car. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, good stuff, guys. Looking forward to this weekend uh, up at Blue Mountain. And uh, we will be back with episode 116 next week. So, uh, thanks so much for listening and uh, for putting up with us as always. Uh, enjoy uh, the return of NHL games this week. Uh, again, you can check out Chad's episode about why NHL All-Star Weekend sucks. And uh, again, thank you so much for hanging out with us for episode 115, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Have a good time. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.